It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready for some hot, steamy conversation? <laughs> I don't know how steamy it is, but hot, yeah. <laughs> My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This is Stephen, and I just want to share. Uh, yeah, I want to expound on that just quickly. Because the real man... Good morning, and welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm Soy, host of the fastest-growing online talk show where we discuss real topics with real people in real situations. Good morning, good morning, good morning. What an awesome day it is. This is your host, Soy, welcoming you to Coffee Talk with Soy, where real talk happens every Saturday right here at 10 a.m. Our topic today is designed to be inspiring to those who are going through cancer. Dealing with it from a perspective of you are perhaps a patient, you are a caregiver, and I'm hoping that if you have been a patient that you are in a point that you are, or at least in a state that you are in survival mode. So, well, today I'm going to be sharing my story. I'm going to be talking about how I have dealt with and how I continue to cope with cancer. I want to remind you, I can't start the show without reminding you to stay connected to our website, coffeetalkwithsoy.com, and to also download the app on your mobile device. If you have any comments or anything you'd like to share during the show, and you have dialed in, please press 1 to get you in queue and get your comments played on the air today. If you would like to just share some thoughts or concerns or just say, hey, to, hey, I am also going through this or been through this or have a similar story, and you want to do that on our social media sites, feel free to do that. You can visit me at on Facebook under Soy Soy or under the Facebook group Coffee Talk with Soy. What does it mean to be diagnosed with with cancer? What does that mean? Well, for me, it felt like a death sentence originally. Prior to me being exposed to this disease, I had no idea. Well, I, I would say I didn't even know people who were dealing with cancer that were surviving. The folks that I had known who had had any form of cancer, they were they were not they were known to not make it. And that had been the essence of what I saw. And so when I was diagnosed with that, I was in denial because at the time I was in the healthiest state. Of, of, by looking at me, you would you would have thought that, oh, she's healthy. And and that was that's a great myth that I think we all experience because 
we've known people to be ill by how they appear to be. And so we see them, and they're not looking good, or they've lost weight. Uh, They appear to be weak. Sometimes it's because of age. They are aging to a place that you know that their life is descending, and they're about to expire. And so we begin to mentally accept that. But when you feel healthy, you look healthy, you go into a doctor's appointment, all of a sudden there's a lump or there's something that's been lingering around for years and you've kind of ignored it. And by the time you do begin to address it, now you get some really terrible news and the situation has progressed far more greater than it would have been if you caught it earlier. Well, that was kind of what my situation was. There was something that was lingering and I kept saying, oh, I'll get around to it, I'll deal with it. And because what was lingering was not causing pain, it was not obvious to the eye, I thought, well, I'll I'll get around to it when I get around to it. Because it took me going to my primary care to find out why I have this lump, uh, why is it there, is it painful? No, it's not. Then then you're sitting to go into certain specialists, and then they look at it, and they can't quite figure out what it is. And then by the time you get to the point that they do figure out what it is, I was told that it's stage three. T-cell lymphoma. Well, what the heck does that mean? Well, for me, it meant that, wow, stage three, I don't know people who really survived past this point, and I'm, I'm looking at leaving my kids parentless. So that was very frightening for me. What also was frightening for me that it meant that I was beginning to live a life with limitations, and that was the hardest thing for me to get past, and even to this day, because with, with, generally with any kind of ailment, you, you kind of have to take care of yourself. And when you're taking care of yourself and there is no physical abnormality, it's harder because you may have emotional scars or you may have um, issues with, with how you breathe, with your energy level, um, There are limitations on what foods you can eat. And when you're constantly exposed to other people who would appear to be normal, you kind of want to fit in to that. And when you have to slow down and and take breaks or push away from the table or not do what others are doing in your surroundings, it's it's pressure. And even as an adult, I feel that we still encounter periods of peer pressure. So for me, it was denial for quite some time, thinking that, you know, continuing to look in the mirror and that this cannot be my life, this cannot be happening to me. I never smoked, pretty much never drank. How is this happening to me? Feeling that it was very, very unfair. So then I began to educate myself about T-cell lymphoma. And as I begin to educate myself, I begin to learn things about the disease itself. And then I begin to really look at my test results and compare it to what I was finding about the disease. Looking at my body, how it was functioning, or malfunctioning, should I say, and beginning to understand what was failing, what was not working, and how do I get my body in a healthier state. 
Well, I wanted to survive. I wanted to live. So what did I do? I signed up for everything that, that the medical staff the, and the oncology staff was offering me. Chemo, yes, yeah, sign me up for that. Sign me up for this because I was afraid to die. I did not want to not be here. And so that's what I did. And I kind of just sat in the back seat and let them drive and make decisions for my health care. And at some point, it's kind of like sitting in the back and someone's driving and you jump up and you're like, hey, well, where, are we, where are we going? And they can't really tell you where we're going. They just come tell you, well, we'll get there. So it, it was that moment for me that I was there. And I think I was probably at about my fourth, my third or fourth cycle of, of chemo. And it was almost like I heard someone speaking and I was eavesdropping And the voice said, this is not a cure. This is not definite. And I began to talk with my oncology team about it, and they said, you know, it's not. It can come back. It can return. And I thought, I am damn near dying, going through this chemo. It's, you know, at this time, my hair is gone. The person that I know, that I I knew as I was looking in the mirror, that person was no longer there. My physical presence was changing. And, then I, and now I'm told that I'm being drugged through the mud, and now I'm being told that this isn't even a cure. I, I felt that I had nothing to hold on to. And after dealing with that emotionally, I began to start, something inside me wanted to fight back. It was my family and, and my kids and my children who were, trying to support me as best they could and my friends. And I thought that I need to educate myself because I couldn't answer questions. I couldn't even have a conversation about it. God knows I couldn't even say the word cancer or I would just break down and cry. I cried every day all the time. And then I began to educate myself on it. And I found this group of people, the Lymphoma Research Foundation, they had a meeting location in Georgia because I contacted cancer, all the cancer societies, and they were generally speaking about cancer. And, and I'm telling you, they have a lot of support out there. So if you are dealing with this, do reach out. There is a lot of support out there. It's, it's overwhelming, but there is help out there. They'll help you with medical expenses. They'll help you with prescription. They'll give you rides back and forth to, to your treatment plan. They will ensure that you get there to get the drugs, trust. However, I wanted more detailed information about what I was experiencing. You know what I mean. You've you've heard the phrase that, well, it's your cancer. It's personalized. It's personalized to everyone. And that's true. And I wanted to get as close to what was happening to me as I could. So I kind of tethered away from the American Cancer society and kind of moved towards specialized things with blood cancer. And then I kind of got into non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And then I got to T-cell because the the cancer that I, I battle with is a rare form of lymphoma. And so when I got to that, I found this group, Lymphoma Research Foundation, LRF, and I visited the meeting. And when I walked into the meeting, it was a group of people who were laughing and joking. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what in the carnations is going on? 
These people are ill. Some of them are dying, and they're laughing. Well, I didn't find anything funny about me being 5'7", you know, weighing 160, you know, so I'm at the peak of my life, and here I am dealing with this disease. I didn't find anything funny about that. I actually felt that I was being quite cheated. And so I walk in trying to assess, okay, what's going on? You know, maybe someone told a joke or, you know, what's going on? So I began to sit in and listen to people talk and listen to the support group and have them go through the meeting. You know how we do the first time we walk into a room where we don't know anyone? We just kind of sit in the back and observe. I was curious enough to come back again. So I had some sidebar conversations with people before I left, and then I came back again the next month. And then I began to listen and and hear more and learn more, and I began to talk with the people who were there. Some of them were in treatment programs. Some were survivors, and they were coming to give back and, and give hope to other people. And then I began to learn that there are ways to fight this disease other than chemo. And I began to explore those options. Now, mind you, my oncology team was not on board with any kind of holistic approach. That's not just what they suggested that I do. But however, I began to try different things, try different foods, changing my diet to some extent, and beginning to check out other holistic approaches with foods and herbs and oils and other kinds of things. And as I was going to my chemo appointments, things began to change. Because every time I went to an appointment, you know, they do a lab, they take your lab to see where your blood levels are, to make sure you are healthy enough to to have your chemo um, given to you on your appointment day. And surprisingly, my numbers began to change. My body structure began to look different. And I really believe it's because of those things that I was doing. It went such that the eight cycles of chemo that I was said to have, I didn't need to have. I only had about six. And at five, they they stated that I was in remission, but we did another one just to be sure, and then we, we, then we stopped it all together. And I began to continue those regimens of looking at my body, seeing what was missing, doing blood cleansers, addressing things that dealt with my lymphocytes because that was my ailment. And it had improved my body. It put my body in a healthier state. But one thing that did not change was my mental capacity to process what was going on. I was still frustrated. I was still upset because I was no longer working. I had to stop working, be at home. I'm used to being a busy person. I'm used to having a lot of activities and just kind of having a full life. And so for me to have limitations where I couldn't do those things, that was the problem for me. I felt that cancer had me, and I had to learn to deal with it differently. I think we all have different struggles as we as we deal with our medical challenges, and it may impact you physically. That may be your hardship. Your hardship may be a financial impact because it can bleed you dry. 
or you could, for me, it was a mental challenge. It was more, I just could not get past that I was dealing with this and I was healthy and I look and, and, and I kept fighting myself with that. I'll talk more about that in, in a book that I authored with some other cancer patients called Stories of Courage, Hope Shining Through the Darkness of Cancer. The book was edited by Cola A. Henry, and you can find it online where you can purchase it. Stories of Courage, Hope Shining Through the Darkness of Cancer is where you can find that material. There are certain chapters in the book where I begin to talk about how I was addressing it, what my experiences was, and how I was able to get past it. But it took a lot of work, ongoing work. So I have a question that's proposed to me. What makes my story so different? It's not a different story. Because most of the people who deal with with cancer has the same story, right? You're diagnosed, you're frightened, you're afraid, you go through the path of chemo, you hope that you survive, and you just try to live your life one day at a time. So the diagnosis, probably not much different than what other people have heard, stage three, stage four, and some people say, I think what's different about my story is that I'm here to tell the story. I think what's different about my story is how I continue to try and live a life with cancer. Most people or some people may have a diagnosis and they shut down and they stop. They stop socializing. They stop working. They stop talking. And I believe the true fight or victory in dealing with cancer is living with cancer because we all have an expiration date. We all do, regardless of what takes you out. We all have an expiration date. But I think to truly exemplify and glorify God, who is about love and life, is to continue living. And so that that has been my story. That's what's different, I think, about my story, is that I continue to talk about it. I continue to live with the disease. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I do continue to try and live with it by eating healthier trying to have a healthy diet, trying to incorporate foods and herbs and products is that, that's going to continue to keep my blood clean and continue to detox my liver so that my body can function and my organs can function. And I think that we all need to do that regardless of what you're dealing with because that is what's going to sustain you. Now, we have a caller. Good morning. We have Kelly Goggins with us here. She is an avid, avid believer of natural herbs and products. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Soy. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Kelly, what what would you say about the theory of understanding the importance 
of having our body in an alkaline state and how when it's in a certain state, it's hard for diseases to set in or to grow when your body yes. is in a certain state. Yes, so I, what, where, from everything that I have researched in my journey towards a toxin-free lifestyle, there is a correlation between our body's pH, meaning the alkalinity or the acidity of our bodies, and cancer. Specifically, its ability to grow and thrive within our bodies. And, and at this current time, so much of cancer awareness is focused on finding a cure, which is wonderful and noble. Um, but I, I started to wonder in my own journey, what if we spent time and resources on prevention of cancer before it ever took hold within our bodies? Um, and, and how can we focus on keeping our bodies in an alkaline state um, to, to, to help prevent cancer from from having the ability to grow within our bodies? Um, and there's a lot of different things that play into keeping our body in an alkaline state versus an acidic state. Um, because in an acidic state, cancer thrives, it grows, it it it, it multiplies, and it it conquers our body and it gets to where it's compromised our immune system in a way that our body no longer has the ability to fight it. Um, but keeping our bodies in a more alkaline state, um, that's something that we control. And we control that through our lifestyle, through diet and exercise, through the food that we're ingesting. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that we can impact the alkalinity within our body. Um, Minimizing the toxins in our life is one of them. Um, the diet that you are ingesting, um, the exercise that you're doing, even chiropractic care, trying to make sure that your um, bodies are in alignment. And your body, essentially, if you think of your body, it's it's almost like a vehicle. Um, a properly maintained vehicle will run for thousands, hundreds of thousands of miles versus a vehicle that is not properly maintained it's going to falter, it's going to break down, it's not going to work properly, it's not going to work the way you want it to. Um, and our bodies are very similar, um, you know, to a vehicle in that manner. So what we are mm-hmm. putting into our bodies equates to our body's ability to function properly, to function the way that was meant to function. And that all comes back to keeping our bodies in that alkaline state. And that is right. something that we have control over. I would, I would definitely definitely agree to that. Even when I did not understand what was going on, I knew that what I was doing was changing. I was feeling different about my body. It was changing some things going on with my body. And the end result was that the lab reports and the tests that they were testing me on was beginning to change. My numbers began to look better. And although I did not at that time understand the degree of what was going on, I did know that my body was beginning to move toward a healing a healing state. And so I kept doing it. And so I, I just I want to point that out because a lot of times people may feel a little intimidated because it is overwhelming. It is a lot of information. But I felt like I have got to save my life and I've got to start somewhere. And I started with what I could comprehend. I started with what I could manage and what I could understand. And after I grasped that, then I would move a little further and move a little further, kind of like just taking like one step at a time, putting one foot in front of the other and doing the best you can with the knowledge that you have. But I, I, I definitely agree. And and like the fact that you mentioned it is a lifestyle because you do have to start 
somewhere, and you have to continue it. And as a matter of fact, when I stopped is when it returned. Isn't that something? Absolutely. And, and, you know, back to what you had previously said about listening to your body. You know, you, you were on the right track. You were making the right choices. You were um, your your body was thriving in that environment as far as fighting off that cancer. And the minute you stop, it returns. And that's your body trying to tell you, I, you're not giving me what I need to do what I need to do for this. And so that's where you really need to assess and, and evaluate your lifestyle. What choices are you making? What products are you using? What toxins are you exposing yourself to? What are you ingesting? You know, and, and reevaluate all of those things and just look at the Tupperware that you're using um, and you're, you're storing your food in it and you're putting it in the microwave and, and you're heating your food up in that and that those toxins that are in that that plastic and that chemical um, that plastic is are going into your food, which you're then ingesting, and you're asking your body, which may or may not be in an already compromised state if you, in your case, were previously fighting cancer, if it's already compromised and now you're putting additional toxins in and asking your your liver to, to pull these toxins out and to cleanse your body when it already has a tremendous workload it's just too much, and that's when your body starts to shut down and start to not function the way that they're supposed to, and they need outside assistance. You're absolutely right, and when you begin to venture into this world of trying to rid your body of toxins and make sure that it's in its best state, it can be very overwhelming. It's a lot of information out there. Kelly, when did you start this journey? I really started down this journey um, several years ago, I really am, you know, a mother and I, I, I homeschool my children. I've got a lot of different things going on in my life, um, but I, awareness came to me uh, several years ago um, regarding the subject of toxins um, and how those impact our day-to-day life. And, and that kind of led me down a path of doing more and more research um, and kind of understanding our bodies and how they work, um, how we can be more preventative versus reactive to all the different things that our bodies get exposed to. Um, and, I, and that really kind of led me to um, almost a more holistic um, belief in, in approach to medicines, um, products, uh, beauty products, health products, supplements, um, essential oils, um, medicines, just, just there's so much information out there. Um, and, I, and I definitely wanted to educate myself um, and I didn't want to rely on somebody else um, making decisions for my family and for my children, for myself and my husband. I wanted to educate myself and, and make those decisions for myself and, and have control over, over you know, what, what I was using within my household, what we were breathing within our home, what products we were using. Um, and that really is, is what kind of got me started on this journey. So I'm a very big believer um, in a more natural, more holistic way of living. Um, and at this point in time, it has turned into a lifestyle for us. Um, we've been involved in, in making this switch for probably a solid three years. It's been a very gradual process to where I'm making everything that is used within this house. Well, Terry, I, I really appreciate you sharing this, this information, and, and I can't wait to 
get you back on the show where we can just fully talk about these toxins and give some helpful hints for those out there listening as to how they can start to get on a path of healing and, and getting rid of these things. So I really Absolutely. appreciate your comment, and I really appreciate you being on the show today. No problem. Thank you so much for having me, Soy. It was a pleasure. Oh, my God. You are so liberating. I can't wait. I can't oh, wait. you're so cute. <laughs> you are so liberating. Oh, my God. Oh, she is such a joy. She is such a joy. And I, and I really appreciate her calling in and sharing that that information. Thank you so much, Kelly. And we look forward to seeing you on the show soon. But folks, really generally, what she said was, I think is really on point. It is really about getting your body in, in a healthier state. And 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 as I be as I have practiced that, I know that when I'm out of practice, my body is less healthier. And there are threats and signs that the disease has returned. So coping with cancer is definitely a process. It's definitely a lifestyle. It's hard. It's hard, and I wouldn't tell you. It's hard. And and, and I believe that, well, I've heard it said that if you are willing to do what is hard, it will make life very easy for you. But if you're willing to do what's easy, life will be very hard. And so, we, you know, it's definitely a challenge, but it, it, you you can do it. I can do it. I, I will do it, and, 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 I, and I look forward to the support of my family and friends who are helping to keep me moving along the way toward a healthy state. So we definitely need that. We definitely need that support. Don't forget about the book. I want to encourage you to get a copy of it, Stories of Courage, Hope Shining Through the Darkness of Cancer, where there are chapters and chapters of information about people who are also dealing with cancer. My story is in there as well. You can get that book online uh, for about $12.95. You can contact me directly for a book um, by the website or either by Facebook, and I could sign and and have one sent to you um, with shipping, of course, additional shipping charges. So if you tell me that you heard about the book on the show, we'll knock off some fees for you. Don't forget to visit the website, folks, www.coffeetalkwithsoy.com. Stay connected. Download the app. Catch us. Catch me, rather, on Facebook. I'm always out there talking and sharing. So follow me, follow me, follow me, and I'll follow you, too. Be healthy. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.